0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom This is Mike Mutnatsky, Ken Laird, and Chris Curtis. Mutt, Ken, and Curtis on Sports Radio WEEI.
1: Monday morning, Curtis will be back from Hawaii. Mutt will be back from, uh, like, North Chelmsford. And they'll both give us a full recap of the vacation.
2: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, New
1: England. I love Jerry Callahan. Are you insane? That's my question, Stella. I really need to
3: know. Are you insane?
4: I don't think so.
3: Uh, that was Stella Tremblay, who uh, said a lot of insane things in her time. But uh, I did She still was a selectman in New Hampshire. What was, she was her a, title? A,
2: some elected state official in New Hampshire, who after the Boston, Mar- Boston Marathon bombings said that it was a staged event to uh, by the government. It was an inside job, like uh, you know, nine eleven was uh, like the. Um, uh, I can't remember the yes that Jeff Bowman was an actor, right? That this was some sort yeah. of uh, acting going on. So we got her on the line, and it was a great interview that we were all excited to do. And Jerry got right in her grill and said, are you insane? And she said, I don't think so, and then hung up the phone. So that was a short-lived interview, but that was, I think, recently, at least my time working with Jerry, seeing him in action during and after the Boston Marathon bombings was peak Jerry Callahan. His column the day following was superb. I'll find it and tweet it out today. The way he sort of, as he always did, encapsulated what the region was feeling at that specific moment, I think it ended with, Sometime the they they win the bad guys win and yesterday they did. It was t- commenting on how he used to cover the marathon and that he would stay at that point of the day to see those that were passing who were often running to raise money for cancer research or for ru- running for fallen mothers or, or 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 siblings who had died from cancer or other issues and how that's where the best stories were often told at that point when the bombs went off in that afternoon.
3: Well, and that, that falls under a story that was not a sports story at all, but that that's when Jerry was at his best. And this may doesn't fall directly into it, because a lot of people were talking about that story. Few did it better than Jerry and, and John and Kirk and that, that crew did during that time, Jerry specifically. But if it was a non-sports story that other people were maybe kind of afraid to get into... It was Jerry's fearlessness that stood out in this market. There was not a story that he was afraid to touch. Even when people in this building and people that are here still or people that have moved on other things felt uncomfortable by it. Even when co-hosts he worked with, people at the station felt uncomfortable. He didn't care. He wanted to do great radio. And there's this aversion, and I, I, I guess I fall in this category because I've done it before, where you, you're, you're for safety purposes of your job, you may stay away from a certain story or a certain topic. And uh, Jerry... You know, like the firefighters who run into that burning building, that's what Jerry did when it came to those type of topics. He not not only didn't back away, he went in with an opinion, uh, whether you agree with him or not, and he was ready to go to battle in those dirty areas where I think in this business, especially recently, there's an
5: aversion to do that. And that's one of his best traits is his fearlessness on the air. But I think we saw the result of that. Uh, on Friday, there's there's a there's a positive and a negative to, no to that, and he doesn't regret it one bit, and his career speaks for itself because of it. You're absolutely right, Matt. And part of me, I wondered, like, because having the the counterbalance to Jerry was always something we fought, Curtis. Like getting the right foil for him in, or the the right opposing view, that went a long way to providing, I think, balance. For cause it's cliche to say get the discussion started. You don't want it to be uh, sub, uh, something where the listeners are. Half the listeners are totally tuned out, right? You want you want a legitimate discussion, right? So I've over the weekend been like thinking back, what could we have done differently? Could we have had this person in more, this person in less? Somebody that could have hung with Jerry and provided the counterbalance in a different way. I don't know, just scratching my head. Why you know? Because I agree, that's one of Jerry's greatest qualities. Well, I think it's a great quality for a talk show host. I think the region wanted that, but. Here we are today, and Jerry lost his job. He's not; his contract was not renewed. So, what could we have done? Who was the perfect counterbalanced? Uh, for, Jerry, for Jerry, being yeah, well, yeah. I'll
3: I'll go back to to pull the curtain back a little bit. We were all as part of a, a meeting months ago, last fall. The the show became official. Jerry and I found out the same time that morning when the press release came out that you guys you talked about on your show this morning. A, a press release that you know uh, knocked us both for a, a loop. Uh, I think I speak for Jerry in this case, knocked the entire show for a loop, announcing the Mutt and Callahan show, what the show was going to be, which was the opposite of what the vision was for the show, at least in the mind of the people on the show. So that happens. We sit in a meeting with our boss and our boss's boss, and we discuss the future of the third man role. And there were some really good ideas, third man and third woman role. And I think the thought at that time was we were going to build towards making a real effort to hire someone if they fit as a full time third person on the show, I think. Yep. I think we all do. We agree that that was the. I think Jerry was sort of promised that. Yes, I think. I I know he was, and so that meeting happened. I want to say in let's call it October or November. Yep. In the preceding six seven months, nothing happened to move us towards that goal. But well, we never quite nothing found the happened. right
5: person either. It was it's a tough thing, you know. We I think we did some good shows, uh, but was yeah, as good as Reamer and Wiggy are, they were good. They were good with Jerry and still are good with Jerry, sometimes you thought, okay, you know, Reamer, he's just, the is not there, he's not in the market long enough for it to be a strong enough left-wing presence, yeah. uh, etc.
2: I think that the, the two things, Mutt, that you mentioned are key to what made Jerry great, and what still makes him great is that he would find the pressure point, and he would stick to it. It wasn't that he was avoiding those types of topics. He, once he found them, he wasn't going yeah. to let you escape until you had a proper explanation for why you felt the way you did. And the second point is finding people to match wits with Jerry Callahan is incredibly difficult. Tough. He's as smart and as on the on, on his game as anybody is. So trying to find someone who is as, A, well-read, and B, fearless to go into these topics to talk about things like he did about race and politics and all of these other things that are hot-button issues, it's hard to do. Because the second he sees that somebody is avoiding the topic, he's just kind of done. He's, he's not going to keep... in. Keep getting you involved if he sees that you're not willing right.
5: to discuss the topics that he is. Right. So, and, and that's not a shot of Reamer. I think Reamer was totally, you know, well prepared. He came in here ready to fight and did. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm searching my, scratching my head for anything. What could we have done differently to keep it going longer than it was? Because it, it was not a ratings thing, in my opinion. It was more of, uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, if we could have been number one. I don't think it would have changed. Uh,
3: no, I, I heard uh, Glenn kind of mentioned it. Alex did as well. I mean, I, I look, no <laughs> one's happy with the, the results of the spring ratings period, which had us, I think, fifth mm-hmm. uh, in our demo. The two books before that, we were second and second. And last fall, we were very, you know, very cl- close to this. The, uh, not to relive the, the ratings part of it, but you don't go second, second, and fifth. And then the ratings decide what's going to happen with the show. This was more than a ratings thing. I'm convinced of that, and that's why I was blindsided by it. And yep. I think many of us were on the show when we got the call. Curtis, Curtis and I got the call. Curtis got the text from Tomasi. I got the call on Friday morning because I think we were all thinking, "Okay, we're gonna you know we're gonna battle through summer. We're gonna come in talk about vacations. We're gonna uh, have a full Patriot season. we were right neck and neck with our main competition during the Patriot season last year, where Kirk was on for one two hour window during that entire. Fall book, right? That was the two hours it came in after the announcement. Uh, And I felt pretty confident that we're heading in the right direction. I'm disappointed, like I said on social media, that we did not get the chance. A disappointment is an understatement. The the show got essentially nine months. And uh, I'm with you. My personal opinion is the ratings would not have mattered that this decision, like you don't just, you don't have the press release ready to go on Friday and it's a decision you made like last week. This decision was made whether it was weeks ago, months ago. I have no idea. But I, that's the impression I got from the aftermath of it. You can't just have this thing ready to go, and you just decided, like, last week, hey, we're
2: going to make this move. Well, I think one thing that has to happen is whoever writes these press releases at <laughs> WEI needs a raise.
5: A-plus on the Mutton Callahan press release. Chris Curtis, the executive producer in charge of all press releases. Yes.
3: Uh, Jerry should have been a little higher up in the press release, given that, again, if you want to go through the, the timeline of the station, they're going to celebrate. I think I heard Mustard say this on the weekend. It's gonna be thirty years, like next year. We're twenty year twenty nine, about to be year thirty. For for twenty of those thirty years, you know, it's been you know, Jerry Callahan in the mornings in some sort of day part. As all these things are changing around the station, he was a staple.
5: Yeah, I think ninety one EEI switched to all sports and ninety seven he and John were, you know, in full time in the morning, so uh well, for full time in the afternoon in '99, they switched to the morning. So you're talking about you know only six years of the years. station's history yeah. as all sports without Jerry. When there's a million for that, right? yes, the, and he yeah.
3: was one of the, the star co-hosts on that show, and he famously you know you know uh, had a comment lot, comment with Glenn, and out of that came his show in the mornings with Dino. I mean that that's how you know that the whole thing started there, and to get what fifth paragraph, whatever it was in the the, the press release on Friday. He deserved better. I think it's
5: part of the reason why the three of us are here today. He's still waiting for the watch from twenty years. I mean, he was upset about that. Yeah, Doug Lane, he was yeah the that was, was bizarre. The
2: Speaking rings. of surreal moments, we, when we heard the news, that was surreal on Friday. But being in Florida last year for spring training, and we're there, and it was bizarre. First of all, Jerry's voice was out, Ugh. and Kirk it was after a lot of things had gone on at the station, and we don't really know what topics we can or cannot address. And it's Jerry's twentieth anniversary. <laughs> and he's sitting there in an empty, uh, you know, JetBlue park, hanging out with Kirk, who's about to jump out of the window. It was a bizarre, bizarre scene. Six one seven
3: seven seven nine seven ninety three seven. The phone number, as promised, we are taking your calls today. Jerry Callahan doing his final show on WEI on Friday. Uh, his contract not renewed was up uh, in late August. My, I suspect that we'll hear and see and read Jerry Callahan very, very soon. Uh, probably across multiple. Outlets, as uh, many people said today, or over the weekend it became cliche, still at the top of his game. And he is, and we've all worked with him recently. Uh, he is not going anywhere, but he's not going to be on the show. And uh, no surprise, a lot of people want to react and talk about Jerry. Maria is in Watertown at 617-779-7937. Hi, Maria.
4: Hi, good morning, guys. Hi, well, Maria. I think it's an understatement to say it's somewhat the end of an era. And while I don't have a specific Um, Jerry's story, I do um, have a lot of um, angst over this because, you know, listening to your show always gave me the opportunity to learn something new, express my opinion, um, and give me, uh, you know, a forum to to talk about, um, you know, things that, that were on my mind. And Jerry was always Gracious, courteous, as you all are, and I think I'm going to. Um, I know that I'm going to miss that um, significantly um, with this this group somewhat breaking up. And I and I think if if you need to look at a silver lining, it's because um, Mutt, I think you um, have blossomed um, during this stretch of, of turmoil with joining uh, Kirk and Jerry. I think it's been tremendous to. Um, listen to you grow as as a host, and I have to give you kudos and credit for that. And, you know, short, short of that, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing with my mornings now, gentlemen, with, with uh, Sports Talk Radio, but I wanted to at least have the opportunity to say um, thank you for many, many, many years of, of radio enjoyment, and I um, I hope everything works out well, as I'm sure it will for all of you.
3: Thank you, thanks. Yeah, things will work out for for Jerry. I mean, you can't it, it'd be hard not to to learn from you know sitting with with Kirk and Jerry and then Jerry for for 9 months. You learn, you know, how to do things. I had mentioned on social media that you know he was always you know looking for that you said the push button, but where's where's the argument? And and a lot of times I've defaulted, you know, in the past to okay, what's the big sports topic? And what what just sort of informational where it's not I to, to see Jerry react to what he would say, boring sports radio, either by mocking it uh, yeah. or by uh, you know immediately you know
2: finding the the right way to approach something. Like you can't help but learn from from working with a guy like that. Another thing that we have yet to bring up, uh, which was great with with Kirk and Jerry in that period, and John even as well. But the of trolls that that, that great period of time where Good we point. had Spygate and Jerry was going back and forth with these people who had no idea what they were in the middle of with Kirk and Jerry, <laughs> who have read through every word of the Wells Report, in context, you name it. Every element of that story, they were up on every morning. Curtis, get me this latest story. Make sure you have Greg Doyle that. Make sure you're ready to go with all of this. Poor Mad Dog Russo was in the crossfire oh, for my five God. of those. God. We the it Wells Report thrown in his It was incredible, and it was just the, one of the best moments of that. I believe it was with... Uh, I don't. I think it was George Diaz, maybe, my favorite interview of all time, <laughs> which when I was asked who the greatest guest I ever booked was, was George Diaz, one of my low moments on the show. But uh, Jerry asked him, what do you think about the part of the Wells report where they absolve Brady or whatever? He created something that was not in the Wells report. And George Diaz says, oh, yeah, that was a good point. And Jerry points out right away, not in the Wells report, and just exposed him. A great setup. And in that period, no show in the region had the pulse of this city more than that show, led by Jerry and Kirk, in sort of outing the frauds who were out to dethrone Tom Brady. And that was, of all the things that I was a part of with him on the show, that's near the top of the list. Well, he no one knows
0: subjects. who George Diaz Nobody, is! A, no one knows know who he him is, him on, and B, what's we the, what what happened? Happened? moved on! What, what happened to him? context? What do you mean? What happened to George Diaz?
5: Precisely. <laughs> that's perfect. And, you know, they, he had, they had Mayor Walsh on, and he... Who, do you know who Matthew Denise is? Right. No, I don't. I mean, those those are the the Jerry gotcha moments uh, throughout many of his interviews. And he loved and doing that to the that. point
3: where this speaks to you know, the, how those interviews went. I think Curtis, you can explain this better than I can. But there, the show garnered a reputation among like national people, yep. where people became. I think it was probably easier early on to get people to come on and talk about their dumb gay columns. As the thing went, at least as I saw it. It was harder to get some of these people both you know, uh, unknown and big-time names because they were fearful of
2: being caught in that gotcha moment by you know, Jerry and Kirk in that spot. Well, what would inevitably happen after we have these guests on is that EEI.com would write a story, yep. whether it was Rob or Hannibal, would post it on the site, and these people would become national punchlines because they would join this number one <laughs> rated morning show and they would get exposed. But the best thing about the Spygate stuff and with Jerry exposing the trolls was that led me to a seat... On the Richard Deitch podcast, Ooh. which is what
5: changed the course of history. Came national news. I mean, th- that's why this is such big national news. Jerry out, I mean, Friday he was trending. By, by the time we were on Encore Casino Friday night, Jerry said he had talked to like 45 people, Boomer Siasen called him many national people that he was friends with over the years. He had 500 text messages. I mean, it was a huge, huge deal. Uh,
3: and I think still a lot is. of people feel the same way. Yep. That it's, it's, uh, his, his career was, was still uh, trending. In the, he was still at the peak of his talents and was told on Friday he's no longer going to be working here. People are disappointed by that, as we are, uh, to say the least. Jackson, Dighton, before we get to uh, a trending, and ooh, Chris Curtis on headlines this morning. Good morning, Jack. Good. Say what you want about Jerry not being here. He is going to go to uh, certainly go on. We, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I talked to him for uh, a short period of time on Friday as he was going through all this stuff, and he was you know, typical Jerry.
5: A lot of people you already know,
3: good, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs>
5: A lot of people bring up the writing aspect, and he, he, we were talking about that Friday, and he said, if I have to, I will, but he, Kyle Deleuze, our former intern, wrote a piece on him, and at the end, Jerry was quoted as saying, when radio is done right, a lot of laughs, a lot of energy, a lot of listeners, when writing is done correctly, you're by yourself, your hair's falling out, biting my fingernails, guzzling coffee, I'm in my own little world, so he was, obviously, Dino had the, you know, great good columnist should write more uh, to Maria uh, after Dino left. Kind of a shot at Jerry, but he was an unbelievable writer. Could easily do that for a million. He could step back into the Herald today, the Athletic, a million different uh, places. And, and probably radio at all those places, He's going to be in some sort of broadcast platform. Yeah, I, I don't know now. what that's going to be,
3: but having worked with him just ten days ago, he's got too, he has got too many thoughts in that ridiculous
5: brain of his. He is, he'll be doing it very, very soon. Although he told me he's going to have a good summer. Perfect time to, if you're going to get – he and Chotch talked about this. Better in the summer than the winter. That's correct. Great producer. Right.
3: Well, summer's the days are getting shorter. You know that, Chris.
5: I
2: can't believe he didn't own up to that. I'm listening to the show. Yeah, he denied co- that. I mean, why would I lie about that, Jared? You're walking down the hall, you said it, it's okay.
4: It's it was the first line. day
2: of summer and he said, Oh, days
3: are getting shorter now. <laughs> yep. The whole station's talking about it. He denied saying it? Yes, he said he
2: didn't say it. Well, you were there. I
3: heard I mean, come on, Jared. Uh, We will get to a trending with Ken Laird, and then uh, headlines is only Chris Curtis can present them here on Mutt, Laird, and Curtis. But first, we trend.
1: (laughs) This is Boston
0: Sports Station. Now here's what's trending on WEI.
5: All right, Dodgers took the series at Fenway two out of three. Last night's game ending at 1240 a.m., five hours and 40 minutes of baseball, seven to four Dodgers in 12 Hector Velasquez, the loss. He came in, walked two in the twelfth, including Max Muncie to drive in. What Five hours, forty run? minutes. Unreal. <laughs> Red Sox had chances two in the ninth, tenth, and eleventh with runners in scoring position. Mm. Brock Holt struck out in the tenth. JD Martinez grounded out with the bases juiced in the eleventh. Joe Kelly to rub salt in the wound. Bradford Hall of Famer, came in to close it out, struck out the oh, last wow, two yeah. batters. Yankees also beat the Blue Jays, so the AL East lead is at 10. A's lead in the wild card, uh, the second wild card, and they acquired Homer Bailey in a deal with the Royals. And, uh, by the way, the Yankees among those who scouted Noah Syndergaard's last start, so they're still looking for pitching help. Sox and the Jays four-game series at Fenway starts tonight, 7-10. The first pitch on the Shaw's. Star Market, WEI Red Sox Radio Network. Chokes Ciglione and Dale Arnold on the call for the entire series. Excellent. Andrew Kashner arrives for the rotation tomorrow night. 9-3 Mutsky with a 3 3 ERA over 17 starts this year. 12 of the Orioles' 28 wins came with Kashner on the mound, although this was obviously done for bargain uh, reasons. It's not, it's, first of all, it's done too late. They they wasted all
3: this time You're putting these crappy fifth starters out there. Now they're going to definitely rely on Nathan Evaldi being one of their guys in the bullpen. They're probably not going to make another major trade. Nope. They go into today's game. They play this five-hour and 40-minute game. They pitched everybody except for one guy. They're shorthanded today. Wait, Walden, only they made, should have
5: pitched Wald instead of um, oh, he is.
3: Yeah, you can say that, but they, they, both guys have not been good. And they're at a point where they go into this, I will not say a must-win game tonight, but you have to take three out of four from Toronto, which are two and a half back, the wild card, or whatever, and you're shorthanded tonight because you didn't make another move in your bullpen. So yep. I, I don't, I don't quite understand, tonight. not only on the field last night, some of the moves that Alex Cora made, but the Dave Dombrowski thing. and Mark James, among other people, was ahead of me on this. He has had a rough, rough year transactionally on this roster and has put them in a, a, a bad spot where you know they, they have no chance of the division and they feel like they're not even a playoff team right now. He's on the hot. side so I'll do. say it right
5: now, Curtis. Going to say that? Yeah. Hot. Wow. By the way, Sports Curtis it. was all over this game. You were, you were all over Mendoza and the. Uh, oh man, tweet I was last night. all in. I was Texting watching me. it first first inning last night. Saw
2: the three run bomb off of Price by Pesky's pole. Jerry's got a great story on Bobby Door. We'll get to good. And after that, Price throws right behind the head of the next hitter. It was wild. The whole the building was erupting. Was and then late
3: in the game, Jess Mendoza basically said on the ESPN broadcast, "We have the clip somewhere. I know that where Red Sox fans were happy." Because the game was going so
2: long. Red Sox fans might be happy that the uh, uh, Dodgers scored. That game the lead was late. 45 minutes longer than the five-set all-day marathon between Federer and Djokovic, however you pronounce it. Baseball is thriving.
5: I don't want to hear it. We are rooting for Federer, thriving.
2: right? Because Federer is so like the Brady of tennis. No, I don't root for really? Federer. I, I'm, I was the Sampras guy. I like Sampras.
5: Uh, very hairy guy, Sampras. Go uh, go Curtis has your headlines coming up next.
0: Back with Mutt, Ken, and Chris. Mike Motnansky, Ken Laird, and Chris Curtis. On Sports Radio WEI.
1: It's time once again for Headlines. Let's celebrate. Donald Trump is the next president of the United States. It's a great day in America. Everybody who works for a living yep. should be proud. The makers won. The guys pulling the wagon won. The ones in the wagon lost. I mean, it took me about 10 seconds to enjoy the victory before I turned to enjoying the misery. Of others. Well, that's that's your, why I'm here. <laughs> including our good friend, John Tomasi. You all right? I've been better. Cherry. <laughs> yes. Today is our day, brother. Tomasi. Yes. Italian
3: for loser. It's time for Curtis and Callahan's Headlines. Our quick behind the scenes or what I've been told about that show in a second. Headlines sponsored by Northeast Men's Clinic. They specialize in men's sexual health. You can learn more at northeastmensclinic.com or at 617-793-5000. And Tomasi has admitted to this. But he said he had his worst show ever that day. That totally he was rattled. mute, oh nothing. Uh, who came in? Was it Lenny Clark came in that day? No. And basically took something. Yes, I think. he wanted Lenny to. I think Lenny Clark it came in the day after. On. And and uh, Tomasi basically, said, yeah, sure, take my microphone. I don't care anymore. And just got out of the way because he, he had
2: nothing. He was so depressed about Donald Trump winning the election. <laughs> I remember two things about that show. One, that Tomasi was a lump and was totally out of it. He was... In a, it was he had lost his
5: reason to live that morning. Yep, and I remember. And by the way, that was his last show on with Kirk and Jerry for months, right? They right. were sort of it was like a silent a band, shadow band. Yeah. And then I
2: remember I had in my possession a picture of Tom Brady at the Brookline polling center placing an absentee ballot, and I couldn't figure out how to tweet it out. So I've like got this breaking news that is going to go around the world in seconds. We have a guest on hold. And I think Kirk was literally ready to kill me, like strangle me against the wall because I was saving in drafts and not sending for some unknown reason. Finally got it out. Lumerlone credited Chris Villani, but that's okay. And uh, we got the story
5: out there. So, By the way, those shows, just thinking back to it, when Kirk and Jerry were at their best and you and I were in the uh, in the firing squad at times and uh, everybody was, but it, the the feeling of like... Hit in your stomach feeling. You never knew what was going to happen next. It was unbelievable radio. It really was. It was
2: a period of my life where I think, uh, first of all, good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Uh Is this it? Will this be the final Chris Curtis hosted headlines? Could be. we got big meetings today. Power meetings. So we'll, we'll
3: see what happens.
5: Um, you
2: don't? i <laughs> nothing.
5: Are they just going to crop out Jerry and, and the new Mud at Night will be the uh, vest? Well, I uh, think
3: the, the vest picture is going to die. That has to die with the show. It's, it's well, too perfect. You guys made an excellent point in the pre-show today. People need to listen <laughs> to the podcast. But that picture and that photo shoot sums up, I think, the approach to this show by many in this building over the last nine months. So that a thousand photo words. shoot right there. Now, like
5: years from now when the Mutton Callahan show is discussed, Ooh, oral that history picture, of that picture. That picture is just going to say it all.
3: The puffy vest. Puffy vest. I, that, to my credit, I nailed it. The puffy vest is still in. I was in
2: Maine this week. <laughs> <and> <laughs> people Jesus. on the beach. He's a puffy vest. Just shirtless. <laughs> On The Real KNC, which you can listen to in podcast form later, I, I mocked others for the master class of making the Jerry Callahan exodus of WEI about themselves, and now I'm about to do th- just that. So you talk about Kirk. Kirk motivated me out of fear. I was deathly afraid of Kirk Minahan. I still am to this day um, fearful that he's going to come around and say, why didn't you have that current sound? Where is that <laughs> story? You idiot. You slob. You drunken fool. But with Jerry, it was a fatherly respect. I wanted to please him at all times. I felt that if I didn't do something, I was letting down the man I grew up idolizing and listening to. So uh, this brings me to my alcoholic announcement. So for months, I had withheld this information, told Ken early on, and hadn't really disclosed it with others until Alex's situation, and then I told Mutt as well. But I had yet to tell Kirk and Jerry about this because of fear of being judged, but more specifically with Jerry... Of seeming how somehow letting him down, so this was my announcement back two years ago. Tomorrow, all right. The floor is yours now, Crispy. As articulate as you like, take as much time as you want.
0: Let's hear it. How nervous are you right now? Uh, a 12 out of 10. He's okay. shaking. Good He's start. shaking right now.
2: All right, here we go. So, um, Kirk, you recently discussed the passing of your parents in a very open podcast, and I feel like there's been an element of what I've been dealing with and who I am that I've left off the show because I was afraid of judgment and how people would perceive me. I'm alcoholic. That was my big wow, announcement. Congratulations. Wow. So, that was me. <laughs> in a perfect
3: EEI fashion, as he says the word alcoholic, the audio kind of sort of well, you guys were on
5: remote. That was the day at the golf yeah, tournament. Yeah, Mohegan's uh, son. Yeah, Johnny I was. saw that shirt. Yeah, you were excellent that day. Mo. I was, was
3: awesome. almost went too much. To, was it, uh, who was it? Was it Amani? Not Amani tumor Brandon Brandon
2: Marshall. Brandon Marshall. No. Was it was uh, a classical Okay, which you can name it? Oh, Brandon Marshall. Sorry. Go ahead. <sighs> uh, anyway, so during that period, uh, it was that moment in which, you know, I discussed that, but over my years of working with Jerry, it was a real and true feeling of, needing to live up to his expectations for me and sort of uh, be able to sort of tell the story and, and get the stories in order and get the sound ready and have every breaking news type of topic ready to discuss for Jerry because I so admired his ability to find the right story, to, to, to nail and settle in on the right topic to discuss that day. And uh, The real, I don't know, I, I don't know what you say about this, about what you think about this much, but yeah, his real... Number one quality was knowing exactly what the city wanted to talk about at that moment. Like he would find and settle on that, settle on a topic and have a take that you knew people wanted to a be informed about and b had an opinion on. Uh, I would say it's right up there. So the fearlessness and the ability to talk about things
3: other people got uncomfortable talking about is right there as well. But yes, like that's part of setting the dialogue. You famously said it with Deitch. but I mean that's what the show did. That's what Jerry and Kirk did, and before that even Jerry and Dino. And I, I, you know, having watched Jerry work now up close for about a year or so, yeah, I, I I didn't watch a lot of Dino and Jerry interactions. My guess is that Jerry was a big part, even going back to John and Jerry, of setting that tone and setting that
5: dialogue. Absolutely. And back to the Curtis announcement, the reaction from from both Kirk and Jerry there was surprisingly to me like it was odd. It was muted. But for years afterwards, uh, really up until I think even like weeks ago, it would still come up again. How did we not know Curtis was an alcoholic while he was here? It still stunned them. Of of the, uh, the most surprising thing about the show is they never knew, and then they still never quite grasped how you pulled it off. It's
2: really one of the great wonders of, of our time because it is. I I was rehired without being asked a question <laughs> about my drinking. Well, did you see Chardier's work? I mean, it was... oh, that's another talk about misremembering history jerry and I know, kirk, jerry the two paul. of them the two
3: of them they go ahead go oh
2: yeah. my god they despised paul they would kill him
3: to me there are three people who disliked paul shardy at this building more than anybody jerry callahan kirk minahan lucy burge those three in that order did not like paul for all different is that reasons. true lucy Can confirm oh well, yes. really? lucy was oh, well. not a fan we had well, private conversations for a, for i will not air night. out about paul and he said I was a bad kisser. That is unforgivable. Yes, once you do on that road, it's over. But he, in the recent months, they have both claimed, Jerry and Kirk, that, oh, we had no problem with Paul. No, we didn't want him out. They were bad-mouthing him every single day.
2: Off the air. Right, and so you listen back to the drunk sound that we play of me all the time, (laughs) which is just unbelievable, even for me to hear, listening back, knowing I was consuming as much gin as I was. For those two, two icons of story-breaking, news-gathering, being right on top of all cutting-edge news stories, to be sitting 10 feet away from me for five years, four years, having no clue... That I was hammered. It just Were you drunk at the first interview? When, when did you start? You started in 2013? Well, funny story. My first interview with Jerry, Kirk, and uh, Jason Wolf. I tr- got dressed that morning for it, and none of my pants fit. I just put on a ton of weight. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to Target and buy these khakis that are just hideous. They're just massive. I think it was like size 40, 42. And I put them on. And I come here, and I drink in the car on the way over here, which is awful. I should not have done that. But, oh, no, I I drank every morning even back then. And I get here, and I am sweating bullets, nervously meeting them. And they come down, and Kirk sets eyes on me. He's like, who is this thing? (laughs) (laughs) What have you delivered to my presence, Jason Wolf?" Love at first sight. Do you remember the first— There's so much booze involved, you don't remember that first interview. I remember it. I mean, I had interviewed with Jerry and John— Earlier on, before they hired Stitch, who was uh, already at the station. So, when uh, Ian Maripol left, who was an earlier producer of the show, and in that meeting, they asked if I had a nickname, and I said Lumpy, and they liked me right away because they said I have a nickname named Lumpy, yeah, and they were nicknames. ready to go. But...
5: That's why Jerry did not like me at first. I had a, as you would be shocked to hear, a boring blues story. Man. The bluesman, yeah, and down on me. I mean, Jerry wanted Lucy at Paul, and probably should have made that call right away. Uh, can, can I diverge to, now you. Know, you Talking about that remote at the golf tournament. Can yeah. we go? Because Jerry Thornton now posted this nice thing about Jerry on Friday. Jerry said it would have been uh, a perfect eulogy if he passed away. But the tension between Thornton and Callahan at the White House oh, baby. remains. Uh, it's like unspoken. Jerry, uh, does Jerry give him a pass on it or does he not? Because this is his moment with Trump now. And this is full uncut. This is from the lawn, right? You were there. I was there. It was a new
2: Milton suit. The day that Aaron
5: Hernandez committed suicide. Correct, correct. But here's what it sounded like with Jerry and the other Jerry.
1: Jerry. Hey, Which Jerry? Hey, Jerry? Jerry? Get thank you, Jerry. <laughs> with a G. I think you meant this one. Jerry
0: was the figure. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're
0: yeah. right.
5: You're right. You're right. We'll be right up.
1: No, oh, Mr. President.
5: Oh, no Curtis shout up. But no. Thornton inserting himself in between Jerry and his big moment. So now Jerry's praising Jerry Thornton. Callahan is. But is there still an unsaid? He's livid about that, right, to this day? That
2: was as insane an afternoon as you can imagine. And we are there with... We brought Sean Spicer K-Cards, so we got like an open invitation to the whole White House. <laughs> I mean, we were hanging out with Ivanka. Awesome. Well, those <laughs>
3: things are like a, a calling card no matter where you oh go. You my bring K W-E-E-I K-Card somewhere. I got somewhere, the
2: nuclear codes. It was open awesome. bar the
5: whole week in Maine. It was How far is Spicy Phone? He's, he's golfing with Meter last week at the uh, W-E-I Celebrity Good Golf Tournament. God. What a of Yikes. Uh, but anyway, so... We're, Missed we're, that was in court,
2: but go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we're we're with this, you know, this at the White House, this unbelievable event, and we get sort of taken around by Sean Spicer. We may, meet his family, and in every picture in the corner is Jerry Thornton, <laughs> like, clawing his way into this thing. And we're finally in front of the um, the White House in the back in the Rose Garden, and the President of the United States is pointing at Jerry Callahan, trying to say hi, and here's Jerry Thornton, like, jumping like there's a bullet coming in front of Jerry right.
5: to get the attention of Thornton the president of the United the post States. post the next day, like, Trump meant it for me, just, just stolen valor at the highest level.
2: And he kills this place all the time. The right. only reason he had that day is because we brought him along with us in all the places we went that morning or afternoon, whatever it was. It was a crazy day. Uh, Sorry to
5: derail your
3: headlines. No, was it good? Anything else you want to mention here at Headlines? Chris? I think that's Headlines. Uh, excellent Headlines with Chris Curtis, sponsored by Northeast Men's Clinic. They specialize in men's sexual health. You can learn more at northeastmensclinic.com or at 617 35,000. I see the dumbest caller in WEI history on hold wanting to talk about Jerry Callahan, who did his last show on WEI on Friday. We'll hear from him. And speaking of that show, we want to hear the boys reacting to the Aaron Hernandez news front and center that day. We had had that and come back and play that. That was was a big headline, big Patriot story. Maybe the biggest story uh, during this Patriot run was Hernandez and what went on there. Uh, We heard it live with Kirk and Jerry. We'll hear that with your calls next.
0: Now back to you, Mike Ken and Chris on Sports Radio WEEI. On April nineteenth, two thousand seventeen, Aaron Hernandez was discovered hanged in his cell by corrections officers. Life saving techniques were attempted on Mister Hernandez, and he was transported to UMass Amherst, where he was pronounced dead at four
1: oh seven. Hey, Rabbit, what's happening? Hey, guys. We thought you had some insight into the Hernandez I'm situation. In I'm prison. I spoke okay, let's hear. Okay, let's. Yesterday, actually, as a matter of fact. Whoa! Stop right there. Time stop up. stop Time right up. there. You spoke to Hernandez yesterday. I did. Okay. All right. So you're telling me that he's not gay, but he was upset that Michelle McPhee said he was gay. And people were taunting him. And that's the reason he committed suicide?
2: 100% the reason
4: he committed suicide.
1: Yes. We are accomplices to suicide. It is a day to celebrate the New England Patriots and a day to celebrate the news from back home in Shirley. I'm happy. Odin Lloyd's family's happy. And Abreu and Furtado's family's happy. This is a good thing. It's a good thing for society. He's evil and he's gone. And that's a good thing.
3: I was put on the list of things that never were accomplished under the watch of Jerry Callahan. Towards the top of that list were the "We Killed Aaron Hernandez, Kirk and Callahan" T-shirts, which he thought were going to be a major, major seller. And rumor has it that our station is going to more of this direct marketing. You can buy station paraphernalia. Well, that was yeah, the a meeting slides we had recently. Lives well, were well, big. Well,
2: crazy thing. Walking yeah. around Kauai, hate has a home shirts were everywhere. <laughs> they just sent <laughs> them to the wrong happened. place.
3: We're gonna put. Where hate has a home people can put them on their lawn, they can buy them on the website, and put them on their lawn
2: behind the scenes of that show, we're in this tiny auxiliary studio inside of the our DC affiliate station. and I get a text from Ken who sends me the tweet with the blue check mark, as Glenn Order would point out. Mm-hmm. and it was that it was from a fox twenty five reporter reporter I, yeah, I had never seen before, and it was Aaron Hernandez killed himself. and so, I'm, you know, scrambling, and I'm in the same room there with Jerry and Kirk, so there's no real talk back or any ability. So I just hand the phone to Kirk and to Jerry, and they're just like, oh my God, you know, sort of vamping for about 30 seconds before we get another reporter who we had actually heard of. Yep. And I think, Ken, you chimed in at that point, and we had... A day, we actually began that show with 15 minutes of Brad Stevens playoff coach talk because they had just <laughs> lost to the Bulls. That I'd like to hear. And it was this, you know, sort of just wonky, you know, our flight down there. We had to, we, anyway, it was a long story about our trip to D.C. and then we got into the Celtics and then right around 6.15, 6.20 in the morning, uh, the news broke that he had committed suicide and the rest of the show was totally changed. And there was Jerry at his absolute best taking that story, personalizing it, and having a unique and entertaining and edgy uh, opinion on it. Of
5: course, you on remote for a show like that it was nightmare for me because then you know I'm scrambling for stuff. Jerry wants to advance the story, and Jerry on remote was always an adventure because, like uh, when Trenny was in uh, the border of South Korea and North Korea, and I was he, he wanted the gunshot sounds in the background, and he couldn't hear it on remote, and then he started <laughs> losing his mind in me. through the headphones like ten minutes. Uh, you know, so well, Jerry on it a was remote it was it was a, it was a it was a win for the, for the show. That was a terrible day for me, personally. Because, you know, it's just... because well, Curtis the news guys, Curtis is the guy. Curtis supposed to be doing. Yes, see, that's, that's, his, that's his
3: strength. And I, I will certainly... Uh, that's another part of this whole thing that sucks is that I won't be working with you guys every day because you made it very enjoyable. But it's, Jerry on remote would get frustrated. He was so mad at uh, Garvin that day. Uh was it? Oh yeah, yeah. our film
5: producer. Who, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who,
3: who am I talking to right now? He says on the air. Matt Garvin for different sound and stuff that he's doing back there. He, he when you would one of these two was not here. I could see it the last couple of uh, you know months for
2: sure. He would be a little off kilter. He'd lo- love working with you two guys. And we bring Ken on a remote final, and he starts booting on the air, projectile vomiting during a trending. <laughs> that might have been the beginning of the end. Right? He might have said,
3: Well, this show's getting a little bit too crazy. Uh, Albert in Rhode Island wants to weigh in, hopefully just on Jerry and not on quarterbacking in the NFL. Good morning, Jerry, or Albert, whoever.
2: Wow, that's a low blow. <laughs>
3: good morning guys
0: um, yeah it, it's really sad the other the other day when i when i got that text from a buddy of mine i obviously didn't believe it because i'd listened to the show in the morning and i was thinking i'm like if they're gonna have if they're gonna dismiss jerry like that obviously he would have had the opportunity to um you know to say goodbye to his audience but it, the 2019 that's the way things work but um I, I think jerry was great we disagreed on almost everything i still think he had an unhealthy obsession with tom brady but uh, he was nice enough to uh, allow me to go onto the set twice uh, you know, along with Curtis and Kirk and whatnot, and what I liked about Jerry was was the first time I went in, I was obviously nervous, and he looked me in the eye and called me an ant, which I thought was great because he he, he like he, you know, he looks
1: like a little
4: scared ant.
0: Like instead of like kissing <laughs> up to me, playing the role, I'm so happy to see you. He really couldn't stand me. He really wasn't happy I was there, and he was real. He was forthcoming about how he felt, and he ended up being a, a really nice guy. And I think it's pathetic, and I think it's sad that someone with that kind of long-standing successful career and reputation in writing in sports radio was done out like that. Obviously, backdoored, and your bosses or whoever are looking for more of, you know, the, the Alex Reamer types that just come in. They can have their radical opinions. Well, I don't think Alex Reamer yeah, The bosses I, want more Reamer. You, exactly you think anyone in the building, any of the Albert. bosses,
3: Albert, have ever said, you know what, the station needs more Alex Reamer"? No one has ever well, said that except my, for Jerry. Here's
0: my question. Why, why, is, why is it acceptable for someone like Alex, and, and I'm not even disrespecting him, but someone from that position to have those radical opinions. But we all know, obviously, Jerry's politics. In his views and the way he went about things, that obviously has to have something to do with his dismissal. So why is it not okay for Jerry to have strong, forthcoming opinions? And why is it okay for Wiggy and Alex to have theirs? I mean you t- I mean, Alex called Brady's kids an aunt," suspended for a little while. If Jerry had done that, he would have been gone two years ago. I don't
3: think that's right. Well, I, I, I people are are unfortunately treated differently, and to, to agree with Albert for the first time ever, yeah, I think that Jerry was done dirty on Friday. I think to, to for what he meant to the station was ridiculous, which is why we're doing the show here today. Jerry, Jerry could have been here today. I, from all indications, Ken, correct me if I am wrong. He was uh, afforded the opportunity to come in and do one final show. He did not want to do, it, which I totally understand. We were given the same options. You guys want to come in and do a show on Monday, yeah? And part of the reason why I, I pushed for it was because I thought <laughs> he deserved a better send off than he got on a Friday with that press release and you know doing his last show. And this is not derogatory, but as a fill in show with you know Dickerson and, and Alex Dreamer, and a bad not uh, and a bad Dickerson, in fact, on Friday from what I've been told.
5: Well, and not to pivot dramatically from that, but this is going to be yeah. a dramatic pivot. One thing that Albert said there, the Jerry Brady love. Can we play? We have a minute to play the. Post twenty fourteen Chiefs, Kirk, Dino, Jerry. After this is oh, after the de- all timer. This yes. is really an all timer, and Jerry hung with Brady even in the worst times, and this is Exhibit A of it.
2: How I does Garoppolo up? get a touchdown pass through to Gronk and Brady it, it, can't? Cuz it's garbage time. Oh, uh, I see. The really? other guys gave up. My do you, do you, god, you, take you, your pink you, hat you off, Jerry. Do you think More do you, that? Oh, that? Oh, Real, I'm straight a straight pick
1: Do you think that? You really think Jada oh, really? had a
0: field goal? I have a Q of lost all over So if credibility I just just for the record. You guys both think that.
1: Just for the record, you guys really both think they are better off with Garoppolo. No, of course not. No, nobody thinks that. You really think oh, really? Do you think that you just
2: no? You, you posed the that? question. A, no, I don't. You posed the football. question. What would the difference have been if somebody else been in there? And I said it might have been better. What would the score been, playing oh, poorly? Go, what would the score been?
0: What the score been at halftime if Garoppolo
1: had started last night? Seventeen nothing. Right. Okay. So how is it Brady's fault? Who oh. said it's Brady's fault? God. You both did. It is.
0: I listed I mean, the reasons.
1: You guys fault. sound I gotta go. like children. You sound <laughs> like children. The <laughs> first walkout quarterback. All credibility. <laughs> you know they give amazing? up. You know they know give up. How three, well
2: he can enunciate with his lips on they, Brady's ass.
1: That's very deep. That's very deep and well thought out, Dino. They give up three hundred and three yards. I listed last This is night, how Dino
2: handles confrontation. He <laughs> leaves the room. <laughs> the first ever walkout. John Dennis. Sign of things to come was so mad in that situation because Jerry brilliantly is forcing John to rip Brady because Jerry's defending Brady, saying that after that Monday night debacle, Trent Dilfer famous, this team's not good anymore, that morning, Tuesday following that Monday night game at Arrowhead Stadium, and John is forced by Jerry to either defend Brady, like Jerry is, or to rip him. And he can't do it, so he walks out of the room and says, how does his ass taste?
5: With his lips on Brady's ass. That's very... And by the way, how long ev-
2: did he stay off the? Was it a full segment? He went downstairs, had second breakfast and first lunch, <laughs> and then came up. <laughs> that's
5: that's bacon where the crisp. Yeah, no, that's where the crispy bacon came. Yep. From. By the way, what, Laird? What? 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 Uh, every Brady interview, it was uh, Jerry would get if Brady would laugh at a Jerry question. Oh man, it would be like that. Darren Hernandez soundbite. Yes, it was. It, Jerry had one. If you got Tom to laugh, we'll chuckle. Uh, during the Brady get- interview. addressed him as Jerry during the interview. Yeah. Well, that was another a friend. big one. Happy
2: birthday, Jerry. Oh. One more quick Brady note. The best, one of the best moments off the air was when we got the uh, TB12 books sent to the station. And so Great Kirk book. got his and Jerry got his. Jerry was licking it when I came in the back office. It was <laughs> odd. Dude. Said it smelled like roses. Nice <laughs> well, workout pictures of Tom. This is excellent. <laughs> and Kirk's, I think, says like, best Tom Brady. Yeah. And then Jerry says to my good friend, yep. Jerry Callahan <laughs> from Tom Brady. And it was a highlight of jerry's day well uh there could be
3: a lot of people who are like albert got a text or missed the news uh, on friday jerry did his last show here on weei we were uh talking about uh, what he meant to us as a show what he meant as a listener uh you guys can help us out with that at 617-779-79370 certainly meant a lot to the jimmy fund which is right there at the top of what he's meant we'll talk about that in this hour and get to more of your calls it is mutt ken and curtis weei